It's time for another Danko Jones podcast. Um, starring yours truly, Danko Jones, that's me. And I know it's been some time in between the last few podcasts, and that's all accountable online. I mean, you could just see our tour dates and, and put two and two together. It's, it's kind of busy to just sit down and, and do a podcast in at least enough silence to, to last for 10 or 15 minutes or however long these podcasts have been um, without someone barging in going, we got to do sound check. And I got to start it over, so I don't do it on the road. So I'm home in Toronto as usual, and I've got a little bit of free time. And what I've been doing as I've started these podcasts, and I say it in every single episode, I'm taking these articles that I've been writing in rock magazines for the last, oh, six or seven years now, and just reading them out because sometimes when they come out in Hungary or Sweden or Germany um, or Spain or wherever, or Switzerland or wherever, uh, sometimes no one gets to read it outside of that country, that magazine's country. Um, and I think I, I write it for everybody, and I've gotten permission for from my editors at each one. I've, I've done um, articles from Close-Up Magazine and uh, New Noise, which has now changed their name to Burning Guitars, and I did an old one from a Norwegian magazine I used to write for, Mute Magazine, which is no more, so I didn't feel the need to send an email to an editor that doesn't edit that magazine anymore and ask them for their permission because they don't exist. So anyways, what I've been thinking about doing for these podcasts is taking it to the next level, which is not reading these articles, actually inviting someone or maybe some people in um, and just talking. And it's a matter of who would fill that slot, who would fill that seat, on a, on a regular basis with me. Um, who do I know who has, you know, we have enough of a rapport, we have enough of a history, and that person's, you know, interesting enough for people who've never met that person to keep them engaged and keep them listening. So there's a lot of factors that I'm thinking about maybe taking the podcast to the next level and making it longer than 10, 15 minutes, you know, and making it more than just some article that you never read. Um, but I want to be present in podcasting. I'm a podcast listener myself, more so these days as we tour more and podcasting gets taken more seriously as a real medium. Um, I love how it's, it's, it's where it's going. It's exciting to me. I want to be part of it. And so that's why I kind of do these articles just to stay in tune. Uh, life these days is hectic beyond belief. Um, you're here one day, you're gone the next, um, this time last week, I think I was, I don't even know where I was. I think it was somewhere in Romania. Uh, so anyways, you know, that's how it's been when things settle down, um, which they should be in a, in a few months, I guess, you know, after the touring is over, uh, things will take a turn maybe sooner. Cause I'm just, I don't have the uh, attention span to wait or the patience actually. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read, for this podcast, I'm going to read out an article that I wrote for New Noise magazine before they changed their name to Burning Guitars, and they're out of Budapest, Hungary. It's a music magazine there. And um, my editor's name is Danko as well, and it's, as I've mentioned before, it's fun when we email each other. And I, when I asked him, I said, hey, man, can I, can I do these, 
can I do these podcasts and read these articles that I've written for you guys? He said, yes, please. People think it's me. They don't really believe it's you because we have the same name. They think that we're just taking the piss out of you or, you know, it's a, it's a joke. It's not a joke. I write for burning guitars, man. And so the first article they asked me to write for was about Lady Gaga. So I get the great thing about writing for New Noise, Burning Guitars, is I write outside of my comfort zone. You know, usually I'll write about metal or rock and roll, and that's comforting to me. It's easy for me to write about. I have many opinions, whether you take them seriously or not. I will, I will always have one, and I can write about it. But when, when you know, when someone goes, well, can you write a thousand words on Lady Gaga, or can you write a thousand words on American Idol? Um, my newest assignment is to write a thousand words on Tom Waits. Now, Tom Waits is someone that I really love. I'm a huge fan of, but not something that I'm generally associated with or people know me as a Tom Waits fan. So I love to just write, take these assignments on. So I did that. I said, yeah, I could write a thousand words on Lady Gaga. Give it to me. And I know we've, we've actually printed this out on our, our website. So you can read it at DankoJones.com. But I thought I could read it out for everyone else who doesn't have the time or just wants to hear another podcast episode, and I, I want to do it anyways. So here it is. This is my article for New Noise out of Hungary on Lady Gaga. And it, the title of it was Gaga, Hey, We Accept Her, We Accept Her, One of Us, which is basically a play on the Ramon song um, Pinhead where it starts off, uh, Gabba, Gabba, we accept you, we accept you. So I did a play on Gabba, it's Gaga. I hate explaining these things. But anyways, this is how, this is how it starts. I just want to state right off the bat, I have no beef with Lady Gaga. She does her thing, and I do mine. Sure, her thing consists of six number one hits, selling 12 million albums and 25 million downloads worldwide, while my thing consists of playing urine-soaked rock clubs wherever they'd hopefully have us. But that's just how the cookie is crumbled. Seriously, any disdain that I spew forth towards Lady Gaga would only be thinly-veiled jealousy. The truth is, and this is real, up until New Noise asked me to write about Lady Gaga, I hadn't consciously even heard a song by the woman. When has anyone ever known me to pass up the opportunity to c comment on someone or something I know nothing about? Really. Writing this piece has forced me to log on to YouTube and watch all her videos twice. And I'm just jumping out of the article for a second. This is a true statement. I'm not trying to be some cool elitist snob or cooler than thou guy. I knew of Lady Gaga. I knew that she existed. I knew there was someone named Lady Gaga, but I had no idea what he or she sounded like until they asked me to write about her and I started doing some research so that's how it is and at the time she was on the cover of Vanity Fair so I, of course I bought the issue I read all about her and I got her backstory as well so there you go by the end of me writing this article I was uh, a little more well versed in, in, in Lady Gaga than the next person so here we go back to the article how does someone in the music biz like myself managed to successfully dodge a mammoth as big as Lady Gaga? For many readers, admitting to never hearing Lady Gaga is the equivalent to never riding in a car, never watching Star Wars, or even breathing. 
It is true, Gaga is everywhere, whether you like her or not. And after I watched her videos, her songs seemed strangely familiar to me. But my disclosure isn't the same as the people who claim to never watch television or who hate the Beatles or never eat at McDonald's, and I'll secretly do the opposite. It's not a stab at intellectual elitism. I just live in a bubble. While you're hearing her songs played in elevators and shopping malls everywhere, I'm standing right there beside you listening to Black Sabbath on my iPod, locked in my own world. You see, in my world, the world I've carved out for myself, pop icons and pop icons to be don't exist. In my world, their records get quietly released and loudly ignored by everyone. And by everyone, I mean me. In my world, their videos don't get played, their songs don't make it onto the radio, and they all quietly fuck off. My world is more interested in the new Spiritual Beggars album or the new Grand Magus album to wonder what Lady Gaga sound like. For fuck's sakes, I thought Lady Gaga was a boy band until just now, and that's true. <laughs> um, <clears throat> back. Uh, so my verdict, and let me state for the record that until two hours ago, I was a total Lady Gaga virgin knowing nothing about her and perfectly happy with it. I actually kind of, sort of, like her now. Not her music, mind you. Her music makes me want to hammer nails into my own eyes, stab myself with butter knives, and drown myself in recently soiled toilets. It's her that I like. I like Lady Gaga, the character that Stephanie Germanata has fashioned her for herself. In a post-Madonna, post-Britney, post-Kylie, post-post-modern world, She's still gunning fresh out of the box to resell you all the stuff your big sister and all her effeminate guy friends loved back in the day. Except this time, it's digitally enhanced. I can play the role of old geezer and say, well, back in my day, there was a woman named Madonna, Madonna Ciccone who used to come out in her underwear wearing a rosary around her neck and French kiss women while holding hands with ladyboys. But honestly, Lady Gaga is just the updated model, and quite frankly, she's better. She makes great videos. Well, actually, correction, Jonas Ockerland makes great videos for her. In fact, they're almost the best videos I've ever seen, like Telephone and the video for Paparazzi. She's an enigmatic mix of total sex machine crossed with robotics asexuality, and that contradiction captivates an audience. She has a prerequisite pop queen fit body, but her hardened looks afford her the ability to be taken seriously by a jaded older crowd as well as teeny boppers, uncomfortable with their own pre- and post-pubescent looks. Take it from me, when Christina Aguilera released Genie in a Bottle, no one was thinking about her performance. We, well, they were thinking about wanting to sleep with her. I don't really want to sleep with Gaga. Maybe I would, with the correct lighting, the right wig consultant, the right hair and makeup person, and the right pills. And this works in her favor across the board. Being taken seriously as a pop star, which is what she's been able to do, is almost as hard as a porn star crossing over into the mainstream. However, one thing that sticks in my craw a little bit is a seismic consensus that Gaga has transcended her status of cornball pop queen and graduated into some sort of cultural tastemaker slash revolutionary. It's almost proof that there are more people on crack than we've been led to believe. There's also this inclination for people to call her a performance or a conceptual artist. Another tag I laugh, I laugh heartily at. 
I would give the reward to the marketing budget she was lucky enough to procure from her flailing record company and the smarts it took to hire Aukerland, as well as the creative team she keeps close to her, which is creative director Matt Williams and her stylist, Nicola Formacetti. I'm sure she is anything but a puppet, and she'll be the first to say she's in charge, but behind every pop star, flourishing or floundering, aloof or street smart, or both, there's a white guy in a suit, in this, came, in this case named Jimmy Iovine, a.k.a. Mr. Interscope, overseeing everything, ponytail being optional. But of course, I should just relax for once, suspend disbelief, and enjoy watching Lady Gaga perform. I should just believe in the fantastic Xanadu dream world she wants to paint for us. And I do. I really do want to. It's just that that music, that god-awful music that accompanies her wherever she goes and is dropped in as the soundtrack to all her great videos and the backdrop to all her great outfits. That music makes me want to suffocate myself with a paper bag filled with dog stool, throw myself off a plane with no parachute, waterboard myself to death using brown sewage water, and bang my head against a concrete wall until I pass out, letting the music fade into the black.